This episode was recorded on March 9th, 2022, with Cara Cordoni. and clear good morning good morning wow it really is morning i don't i don't usually have sessions so early in the day <laughs> i tend to make them an afternoon or evening occurrence but yeah these morning ones are always nice how are you doing i'm i'm well i am uh yeah kind of been just in the moment recently not not so caught up in my head so that's uh, a nice change. Mm, wow. I am like so contrary to that. <laughs> my process right now is quite the opposite. Oh, man. Can I get out of my head? Lots of insomnia and overthinking. Mm. And uh, I was writing a song the other day. I got I to gotta look at it again. But there was something about like, uh, like I planned for everything, but this <laughs> i was literally ready for absolutely anything but this yeah yeah the universe is uh full of surprises and detours and and sudden switchbacks i i like the image of the labyrinth i'm particularly fond of the the cretan labyrinth pattern I have a tattoo of it on my arm, largely to remind myself that uh, often when it looks like I'm turning away from what I'm aiming for, I'm still moving closer to it. Mm. Mm. So it helps me manage the illusion, I guess I would say. Oh, heck. Wow. Uh, Where's this tattoo? What part of your arm? Is it visible? It's on my Mm. forearm. Oh, well, interesting. There's names for the different labyrinth patterns, but I, I particularly like this one because psychologically it really resonates for me mm. as far as like a, a journey um, metaphor. So I'm always looking for places where people have created that labyrinth so I can walk it because it, it reminds me of, of the nature of the path and how uh, the mind is often distracted by, by the material illusion but Mm. it's not necessarily accurate man yeah okay yeah yeah there's um there's a labyrinth up at uh over under the golden gate bridge or by there oh that was the last one i went to yeah i was at the retreat center at saratoga springs and they have a labyrinth uh outlined in stones that's that's, you know, this uh, pattern, the Cretan pattern. And uh, it's always a trip for me to walk it. Like I learn about my own psychology every time I, I show up and walk it. And the last time I, I had a particularly interesting insight, I, there was broken, some broken glass that had gotten into the the path. Mm. 
And on the way in, I was so focused on getting to the center, as is often the case, that I ignored all of that glass. And um, there's always these points where it, 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 it looks like, you know, you're turning away from the center and keep getting further away. And I get like frustrated and, and then all of a sudden you just keep going and it's like, boom, you're in the middle. Um, and so then it's always funny because once you get to the center or your accomplishment, whatever goal you're thinking of, you know, when it's done, it's done. There's not much else to do. Uh, besides start walking out of the labyrinth. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like, what's my relationship to the thing I accomplished as it becomes a memory? And uh, and so I'm walking out think, thinking about that. And then I started picking up these little pieces of glass because I'm like, oh, how do I make this a better journey for the next person who comes through? Um, and how interesting I didn't notice or care on my way in when I was focused on my own accomplishment. But now that I'm moving away from it, here I am having consciousness for others, which was just interesting to me. And then I couldn't carry all the glass. Like I couldn't pick it all up and I couldn't, I just didn't have enough hand or pocket space to carry all this broken glass. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I carried what I could and, uh, and then laughed because once I got out of the labyrinth, which always feels like being shot out of a portal, mm. I had this handful of glass and I'm like, wow, what do I do with my handful of glass? And part of me was like, oh, I want to go put it in the center. And, <laughs> and then I kind of had this <laughs> psychological question of, well, am I really committed? Do I want to go all the way back in to get to the center to drop off? this glass like am i truly committed and that's always a great question to, to for checking in about how committed am i because uh, it changes the nature of the of the path of course mm. and i decided i wasn't committed enough to put the glass in the center like that i was not actually called to do that mm. and so i found somewhere else to to um pile up the glass in a safe way so yeah <laughs> oh man that is such a, a crispy metaphor it's like really like satisfying when life like delivers you something it's like, here's an anecdotal that actually happened that's basically a parable that could be in the bible like <laughs> yes where is aesop yeah, it is. And and there's something about connecting to the archetypal or the mythic that is so nourishing uh, mm -hmm. on my journey, mm -hmm. I find, uh, because I think so much of the suffering that I experience and I see in others is, is that sense of isolation mm -hmm. and um, disconnection. And when mm -hmm. we can reconnect to like the hero's journey, right? Classic that we're going to go through trials and tribulations and tests and, and it is an epic journey and, and failures are part of the path. Um, then I guess it's kind of like, instead of trying to always resource from our own system, from our own little isolated self, it allows me to resource from 
like from all of history, from the human experience, uh, you know, Persephone's journey into the underworld or mm. uh, at any of these metaphoric journeys so that uh, I, I immediately feel more energy and more capability. And I guess, yeah, it's because I'm part of something bigger and that that sense of loneliness, isolation, independence uh, can be really draining and overwhelming. Mm. Well, yeah. And that's, it's, uh, it's a thing that people have always been like seeking out, you know, there's so many different like fragments of it now, like the media has, um, you know, it's like matured or something like, like there was a time where there was just like a little peach fuzz amount of media for all the world to kind of like consider and are typically things like, you know, even if you look across the planet, like there's a continuity to how stories express. Uh, and like people try to, people try to tell me that there's only a few ways that stories are told even still. And I'm like, I think that, I think that that's looking backwards a little bit. I don't know. I see a lot of different hmm. configurations of, how stories can be put together and how those archetypes exist. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, people find like, I don't know, little cults to be in these little like transient <laughs> cults to like share common bonds over certain media types. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the underlying thing that continues regardless of the diversity of the kinds of stories is just that connection to story that we mm -hmm. are meaning making and meaning seeking and that that can serve us really well I think when we're intentional about it and understand that and then it can really hijack us when we um fall into to to other people's narratives right or to oh. storyline right oh. uh yeah and how <laughs> yeah uh yeah, yeah. No, the last week specifically for me has been just absolutely dizzying. <laughs> like, like, but I'm like, it's, I'm really trying, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be grateful when I have, mm -hmm. I swear nothing to be grateful for, what am I going to be grateful for? And like, uh, I don't know, I have been able to at least come up with that I am uh, like relentless and persistent when I'm not mm -hmm. sulking about how many times I get forced into some bullshit based on somebody who like super cannot perceive me at all projecting mm. like, like doing their worst to project some kind of warped and unfortunate narrative mm. upon my general existence. Like, like really that's <laughs> mm -hmm. like I'm just here and they're all like, no, nah, I got some make believe. Um, but yeah, the, it's funny because it comes from somewhere that I understand. Like I have a common bond to whatever nonsense they're pulling from to conjure up what they're putting upon me. And even with all of that information at my disposal, it can be so difficult to like even remember who I am, let alone expect other people to see me through the projections. Like, Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, the, a piece of, 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 insight or guidance that that has helped me a lot recently 
as you know, I'm in this coaching training program uh, with Layla Martin, and she talks about having spent, you know, months and months like in uh, in meditation, sitting, silent meditation, and that as one does their practice of meditation, you're expected to be visited by all the demons. This is part of what that process is. The demons come and you engage with them in whatever ways to, to move them through. She said, so you can go sit in the jungle and do your meditation and, and confront the demons, or you can post something online and attract all the trolls and work it that way. But there really is no difference. Mm. Yeah. I I would firmly agree with that. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, oh, okay. I mean, because the inner is outer, so you can work either direction. Um, I've definitely felt more comfortable doing the the, the non-public version of, of demon slaying. Hmm. Uh, but there is something to be said for being able to, to hold that practice and hold that perspective while, while sharing one's insight gifts perspective, you know, with the world mm. and yeah. knowing like, okay, the demons come. That's, they're no different than the demons that would show up if I was sitting alone in a hut. They're just the demons showing up while I'm doing my work in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, uh, there's so many different takes with the demon thing. I've had, mm. I've had a lot of weird twists over the last few months engaging in that kind of rhetoric with different people. I had somebody, I was talking uh, about demons with one person a few months ago and uh, talking about how, um, like, I'm, you know, I, I had, I had been telling myself that I was in a good place with understanding my demons, like, knowing what they, what they like and dislike, uh, how to get them to go the fuck to sleep, um, uh, you know, what, what kind of treats they need to be appeased and... <laughs> uh deal with themselves um you know throw them a fucking bone occasionally uh and you know it's kind of going off on that kind of kind of visualization and she just stopped me and was like i think i am a demon i was like i'm not sure where to go with that i don't know what to do with that one actually that's oh um wow someone just just offered that like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm the demon Yes. Mm. Yes. It impacted, uh, the nature of that. We do not speak currently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> many things occurred after that. Um, but yeah, I had another person kind of recently get real like skittish about the idea of entertaining demons at all. Like I'm, I'm working on getting rid of my demons was kind of the take mm-hmm. that this other person had. And I'm sitting there in the middle, just like, you know, I said what I said, <laughs> I'm working with the demons I got. <laughs> They're working I, with me. I'm, I'm fully at this point in my journey that there's resistance creates persistence. Mm. Um, And so I've really been looking at, you know, what's it like to allow, to embrace, to transform, to not be in resistance, not be in fear or rejection. Um, Definitely where I am in my my healing and trauma processing is how do I allow, um, allow it all and not judge it and not repress it. 
and that's opening new new spaciousness for me because I I in my life I feel like I've spent a lot of time you know shoving the demons into the basement mm. um, or sending them into space or whatever being like hey yeah get the fuck out yeah they're so mad when they come back <laughs> like, right like, hey right? I'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> been on a 2000 year journey come back yo um and so you know what what is the gift of of it and so many demons often it's like an angry child you know mm. when the, like our basic or really intense needs aren't met then we get really angry and we kind of become overcome or overwhelmed by by that need or that rage and so what if that's, what if that's okay? Of mm. course, for me, it's all the inner work. So it's not acting out and being like, oh, I'm going to go out there and do something in the world or allow myself to behave in a way that's harmful to others. Cause that's super important to me. Mm. Um, but what, you know, the, the thing with the, the demons often is like, as we see with so many people who put on such a public persona, if you shove the, the demon down, you know, they, they pop up in the bathroom where you're having sex, you claim you reject, or they pop up in your drug habit, or they pop up in your um, mm. other bad behavior. And so it's like, well, what if I can admit, yeah, I, I do have these dark or difficult feelings and what's it like to really embody them and move through it versus the the fear knee-jerk reaction of like, I have to reject that and hide that and push that away. Because then for me, it becomes whack-a-mole. I mean, that's mm. what I've learned is I, if I shove it down over here, it pops up over there and I'm whacking the mole here and I'm whacking the mole there. And <laughs> it's like <laughs> exhausting, you know? Uh, I feel like um, there could be like a family-friendly album like some kind of music that comes out of that like whack-a-mole here whack-a-mole there <laughs> right. yeah. i have nothing else to contribute to it at this point but i see something one second <laughs> sorry i have a landline okay. that i just took off the hook because <laughs> i'm in a hotel <laughs> ah, um, hardwired technology it's super weird to use. I've actually used it a bunch of times <laughs> since I've been here. <laughs> like mm -hmm. this is attached to the fucking wall. This is crazy. And it's not just charging. <laughs> like, it's always attached to the wall to talk to somebody. This part has to be attached. Um, but yeah, they call every day to see if I need anything. Mm. Uh, take it off the hook. So yeah. Uh, like, okay. So like I, I've been th I've been thinking a lot about how celebrities and like sp like impoverished people, but specifically like homeless or like like visibly impoverished people and visibly wealthy people are like very similar, kind of compared to the middle class at least or middle classes uh, if you will, and yeah, like like all kinds of things like the the way that they consume food and media tends to be different than the middle class. Um, but then also like their visibility, the nature of their visibility and the type of opinions that are projected upon them by society, including internally within those groups and externally to each other, 
like I ha- I'm working on a lot of content with <laughs> those parts right now. Um, you know, specifically with emotional expression, you've got a thought. I would like to hear. Yeah, no, I was really, yeah, chewing, chewing on that and curious about where it's taking you. Cause I do, I do resonate with like, Oh, those are perfect groups that we project on. We, pr- we give our light shadow away and give all of our power right up to the celebrity. And then we give our dark shadow away and project that onto the homeless that, that, you know, out of fear, I think out of like I would, the, the warning. I would say even we do both, both ways because mm. a lot of people are afraid of fame just as much as they're afraid of homelessness. Um, for example, they're afraid of, or they're, they're judgmental of like the, the aesthetic and hygiene practices of mm-hmm. the famous and the homeless, if you will, you know, like just to, yeah. right. Um, and you know, so when I really, like, I can get granular with this. I'm working on a, I'm working on a public presentation of, so I'm going to walk around on a stage probably with a PowerPoint and like some interactive yeah. tools and go through some things that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, mainly because of my journey, my, my specific and exact journey has given me the vantage. I have the best, the best seat in the shit show. I think I, I somehow it's very painful. It's mm-hmm. a difficult seat to get to and, and in and out of, but I, I think I have the best seat in the fucking shit show to be sort of like um uh like gauging this contrast these things that people find to be so these are the opposites and i'm like they're actually the same exact thing and here's how um the boundaries are a complete illusion it's a it's a it's a full intermingling and then i can i can even identify journeys of individuals that everyone knows you know, that have come from homelessness into celebrity or vice versa, who you could track their life. And it's like, they never even hit the middle class. Like they don't, they don't come anywhere near any of those lifestyles. Right. Like the rags to riches story. Like you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't stop in the middle and there's no, right. But people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are very uncomfortable with that idea of like, blurring definite you know it's like it's the same it's the same amount of discomfort i get when i talk about this kind of thing i get the same amount of like acceptance from certain people or discomfort from certain people as i do when i talk about like gender being an illusion uh mm-hmm. like money being an illusion <laughs> like or like you know capital or whatever is a right. it's a choice of our imagination how we throw mm-hmm. what the currency the current of the vibe is going to be um, mm-hmm. and people get religious experiences about certain categories of selfiness, you know, this is my gender, my interpretation of how the economy is supposed to work and where you fit in it. And, mm. you know. Yeah. I mean, that funny. really raises for me, like the, the nature of like our, 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 our individual journey and as you know, creators of our experience, but then there's also this collective Mm. process and individual (laughs) into collective. And so it's like, that just terrified me when you said that. I don't know what my brain just invades ah. a sea of just like mobs, like just a bunch of Frankenstein haters. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and like that whole, whatever, whether you're playing with like the spiritual side of like, the whole law of attraction movement, it's all you. And it's like, okay, yes, 
it's potentially each one of us. And yet there is this collective energy, like when we unite or cult or whatever it is we do, when we, when we agree on a certain perspective, which I think is what is so triggering for people when you raise those questions is it's like, no, you're messing with my foundational worldview, right? Mm -hmm. You're, 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 you're messing with the structure that I've built other things on top of. Um, and knowing the brain really likes to have these categories and boxes in order to be efficient mm. and to be, you know, uh, make the world manageable. And then we threaten those by saying, yeah, that box that's just male or female, you know, that's totally inaccurate. And, and so that really, threatens people and some people are like cool shake me up help me reorganize help me shift and other people whatever reasons and it's also just a point in time when we're more able or not i think a lot of it's influenced by like how much trauma are we currently still grappling with in our own systems mm. um the more trauma i think the more you know rigidity we often find in an attempt to, to keep that pain at bay. Uh, and then it's really difficult to open up to other ideas. Um, and that's just been a big sh th focus for me recently, probably cause I'm in this coaching program. My sister's been struggling, uh, psychologically, emotionally, uh, many friends, you know, struggling. And so for me coming back to the, the degree of, trauma and what how we how we behave how we integrate how we um become attached to it or formed by it and and uh yeah i i, I see a lot of bad behavior and i'm like oh yeah there's some more unresolved trauma i'm sorry mm. not gonna put up with it but it helps me not get into a like hater mode hater mode just doesn't nourish me you are you are very generous good. with that kind of vibe i tend to be well i mean i like to i like to act like i'm a like a fucking billy goat but i'm like i'm actually like really empathetic Sweet. with people that are fucking me up yeah. <laughs> i make a lot of space for these assholes but at the same time yeah. I'm, i have a fury of a thousand sons kind of assault yeah. <laughs> frontal assault that i take that you do not it's true. And I'm working on my boundaries and being healthier about it, but finding a way, you know, to, 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 to do it. That's still as a, as a big hearted Leo, um, that still essentially comes from a place of, of love, but then broach, you know, takes, puts up with no bullshit. Mm -hmm. It is a Leo theme. I, I didn't notice that before, but it totally is. If I think of all of my favorite Leos. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm like, a bull in a china shop with all of my precuses. <laughs> like, man. So we need all of us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, you just got you gotta pick a demon to send out on your behalf in these situations. Mm -hmm. That's my that's that's usually what keeps me uh under control these days. I just decide in advance which one is coming. <laughs> the bullshit. <laughs> train it to yeah, get up on yeah. command so I don't even have to bother thinking twice. It's not without cubes. consequences, but right. 
Yeah. And, and what if like, for me, it's like, okay, what if that's all fine? What if I don't, what if I'm, it's not my job to argue or approve of or be attached to any of it. Mm. Um, and that used to scare me uh, when I was particularly younger, cause it felt like an emotionless choice or life or experience, kind of the non-attachment part. And then I shifted where I realized that the non-attachment actually gave me access to more experience, emotion in the moment mm. um, that uh, there was something actually kind of zombific zombification in, in being attached uh, mm. in the other way where, where I wasn't alive. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm acting on a memory. I'm acting on a past hurt. It's not actually what is alive in this moment. Uh, and so what do I do to be present and alive in this moment? Hmm. And often it's not what the culture wants. It's like, no, go to work, go do a thing, go be productive. And it's like, actually, I need to like sit here and feel or sit here and, um, you know, do art in order to be that reflection of myself so I can understand what am I projecting? What, what am I, what am I navigating? Mm. It's like if we're sailing our, our ships somewhere, but we're so busy always, I don't know, being down in the, in the hold counting our stores. Like how can I know I'm on course kind of thing? I don't right. know. It's a new metaphor. That's a good but, one. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Just popped up. Who just gave you that? Yeah, that no. was from one of your demons. Like, hey, take this bitch. We got you. <laughs> right? Wow. So then the demons are like, hey, we can go downstairs and count all the stuff, but we need somebody up there who's like aiming for something. Where where are you headed? That's the thing with integrating the processes, though. On the metaphor of demons, like, you know, trying to repress the pain or like, like I'm in yes. a place where I'm really, I, the last year, I'm just like, I cannot believe I went through another one. Cause I was already before last year, I was at a point where I was like, I don't think that I will have anybody in my life left to love me if I make them watch me go through another trauma. Uh, and I, none of these things are my fault. I didn't do it to myself, but still. Uh, and then this one more and another and another, and I'm still in the throat. I'm like, I'm like toppling downstairs and I keep being like, Oh, I got it. And then I'm some more. It's like a, almost comical fucking level of like hellish oppression I'm undergoing. Um, but yeah, no, somehow, you know, I'm just, I'm like funny and fine a lot of the time, you know, miserable and like, like want to leave. Like I hate it here. It's a terrible planet. Uh, was just weeping like in this very spot, right where I am right now recording this episode uh, for a good couple of hours after having a terrible insomnia night right here mm. as well. But like, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, like that was, for example, that was a demon that just took over that one. That's the demon that knows that it's okay for me to be exactly as I am considering all things like, mm -hmm. and that one will like act crazy if I gaslight it. Like that's the one that makes me cut loved ones off like that's the one that makes loved ones right. cut me off because I said things the wrong way I suppressed it and it was like too loud when it came even if I suppress it for a couple of minutes if I'm thinking about it too long mm -hmm. that cauldron does not like to be overcooked the lid will blow the fuck off and knock people out mm -hmm. 
but yeah. Uh, and then I had, you know, there's a the whole thing too, where sometimes the demons will take over. I'll be like, Oh, good demon. And then I'll look up and everybody in the room is like, <gasps> the fuck was that? And I have to be, I have to just deal with me and my demon. That's up to them to deal with them. So like, you know, we can engage or whatever, but my priority yeah. has to be <laughs> with that, which is aligned with what just happened here, you know? That, and that's the only way I can think to kind of like realign the narrative. Um, it's like at this point, I'm like an expert at like grabbing it. Like I'm like a like a narrative rodeo. Like what do you call those? <laughs> the rodeo clown. No, not the clown. The one that wins. The one that gets a belt or something. I got like a hat, a trophy, a big belt buckle. Right? What do they give out? I'm gonna make some yeah. shit up. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm um, I'm I'm seeing the cowboy hat and the buckle and the boots. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the fucking narrative rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a short break and come right back after this. Have you ever been so full of ideas that you can't move forward at all? <laughs> I have. Uh, you know, also, you know, sometimes it's like life is coming at me sideways when I'm doing my best and doing pretty well. And it's great to have somebody to uh, kind of come alongside me and help give me tools to be able to see myself from a better vantage as I'm moving through all of the psycho spiritual journeys and battles that life has to offer me. And that's why I can't say enough about getting a coach. Now, I'll tell you, Kara is not my coach. But Kara did tell me that I should see a coach and told me specifically what coach I should see. And I took Kara's advice and it completely changed my life. So in a sense, Kara did coach me. Uh, and I can't say enough about her approach. Anybody who is working in values-based entrepreneurship, uh, radical startup founders, anyone who's an eccentric, a revolutionary, or a courageous risk taker, needs to connect with Kara. You know when you're ready to experience the next step in increasing your emotional intelligence and your ability to hone in and execute your visions. Kara is the best cheerleader that you could have standing outside of your labyrinth while you're trying to get to the center and back. Connect with her at karacordonicoaching.com. Mm -hmm. It's always out of control. Yeah, I've gone through so many worldviews in the last like five years of just trying on like what's a useful frame for being alive, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and because shit is bizarre, yo, crazy and yeah. not not normal or you know like we take it for granted but i i see it like even with my kids where they're like what what is going on here <laughs> like, why are we here and how did we get here and the big questions you know yeah. and um i had been very attached to different narratives right like i was a christian for a moment pretty fanatical based on a relationship and kind of finding the answers. And I've, you know, been part of a couple of other cults. Uh, Did I know you were a Christian? On there. I don't think we um, talked about that. Oh, no. I thought we had talked about that uh, when I was 24 and I got I got hooked up with my 50-year-old my partner at the time. 
Uh, that yeah, he was Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff, old school esoteric teacher. Um, that uh, he had like a uh, believed in a form of like esoteric Christianity, Christianity before Christianity, and they go into like all of the metaphors with Horus gotcha. and Egyptian, mm-hmm. yeah. But when I was actually with him, he was uh, my partner Vranas was a very like apocalyptic Christian, mm. and I met him. I was very pagan, doing women's circles and hippie San Francisco chick. And uh, somehow through my boundaries or my journey or whatever, I completely, um, I completely had this like quote unquote conversion slash disempowerment experience (laughs) and, uh, and really, really fell into it. Like was completely apocalyptic and felt really close to Mary didn't really get Jesus, uh, but definitely uh, fell into like the shame and fear. And here's the rule book um, mindset. And my and my partner like that was useful, you know, for him at the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, until I left him. We had moved to Greece, and then we moved to Egypt in 2006 and uh i was really depressed really confused and i spent a month or so just like praying and begging god and mary every day to to show me a way out and i just felt so much guilt and shame and fear and wrongness and trappedness and i was bargaining like if i leave this marriage i'm breaking a vow to god and god will be mad at me and mm. i look back with so much compassion i just want to like hug that version of myself and be like oh honey your head is so twisted on wrong mm. <laughs> it's going to be okay um so yeah i prayed and prayed and prayed and i had an answer to prayer i believe in the mysteries of the universe which was that we went to the temple at Luxor, uh, my my partner and I, and we met a man from Scotland with the whole brogue, brogue lasse and everything. And uh, we walked through the temple with him. And at the end of our visit, he was like, I'm feeling moved to give you this music CD. I had been out of the country away from, from the U.S. for about 18 months, almost, yeah, 18 months at that point. And he handed me Michael Franti's album, Yell Fire, with Spearhead. I'm from San Francisco, and Michael Franti's from Oakland. And I had seen him in the mission. And um, I was overwhelmed. I took the album. I took it home. And uh, when I listened to it, uh, it brought me a great sense of like comfort and connection. And and then there's a the line where he says like, Peter Tosh said, legalize it. And uh, I had not smoked any, any weed for the eight years that we had been together because mm. my partner didn't approve. And uh, I, after hearing like Peter Tosh said, legalize it. I just was like, I am going to smoke some hash. <laughs> I'm going to find it. So I've, went and hit up 
someone I knew was was pretty connected and and a local who I figured I wouldn't get in trouble with and and I said, hey, I have a girlfriend visiting from Cairo and she'd really like to find some hash and can you point me in the right direction and she can pay for it. And he he kind of laughed, he chuckled <laughs> and opened his desk drawer and was like, here, this is for you. And he just pulled off this like pinky sized chunk of <laughs> hash. And I went home and smoked it, some of it, <laughs> not all of it at once. I got so high. Uh, but I felt it in my heart. Like I started breathing through my heart. And then I had like a vision of the prison bars of the world that I thought I was in the prison. I thought I was in and the bars like literally just dissolved before my eyes. Mm -hmm. And the message was like, you, you are free and you are at choice. And, uh, and I left, I left within two or three weeks after that. Mm. I left him there. Yeah. Wow. So this Scottish man is sort of responsible for us even being able to meet <laughs> at all. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. Exactly. Because the timing, the who knows? I mean, I always laugh. There's probably other ways, you know, as, 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 as soul tribe or, you know, that, uh, if we played the pick your own adventure that we still would have crossed paths, you know? Oh, it could have come in feeling. so yeah. many different forms though, considering who exactly. we've all been and who we could have like, I mean, man, I was like, I was such a Bible thumper. I wasn't even a Bible thumper. I was a Bible whapper. Like, I was like, like, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, man. Um, yeah. But so losing that perspective or that framework, like I realized how much I hungered for it as a child, as far as like structure, right? I think that's part of what's so satisfying um, and not having had necessarily a lot of positive other kinds of structure in my upbringing. Mm. Um, and so letting that go, I've played with, well, you know, what, what is useful for me as a narrative about what the fuck I'm doing here, even if I also can admit that it's not true, uh, not verifiable, not, you know, so like, I think it's a soul journey. I think we're here. We're learning lessons. We are learning our power of, of manifestation and alignment and love as the nature of, of all, all creation. Um, and that helps me get up in the morning <laughs> and I, and I don't care if it doesn't work for other people. That, that was the thing in the past is I needed other people to agree or tell me I'm right or say, it's okay for me to believe that. Mm. And luckily as I've, you know, progressed in my life experience, I'm like, Oh, that's not actually what's more important. What's more important is my, my inner connection and, and, and my inner satisfaction. And then, what what allows me to feel um, alive and energized and and productive and able to connect or be a, a force of more good in the world uh, because that feels like what's right for me. I often think, you know, what if I was here and what felt right was to be a villain because mm. it is a dualistic nature of this universe, right? And light in the dark and dark in the light. And to some degree, I'm like, it actually, there is no difference because the more you go into the dark, you find the light. And the more you go into the light, you find the dark. 
Mm-hmm. But I also feel really attached to to the light. <laughs> and I admit it, you know, where I'm like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to work through the dark in that way. Yeah, I mean, um, I get that. And in when I have been at my shiniest, genuinely at living my best life and giving my most and just like love and light showing up, um, you know, regardless of what kind of battles I'm working in the intermittent, like, you know, along the way, uh, if I get knocked sideways when I'm in that state, um, it's like the speed of, the speed of behavior is not the same as the speed of ethics or something like that. Like I'll, I need to catch up to myself and recognize, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes I will act even more entitled to behaving the way I'm behaving because I'm love and light and Mm. my boundaries, you know, so sorry that they're your triggers, even though I'm throwing them on your triggers right now that I know are there. Right. Uh, and then I, ha- I have a lot of people that do this to me also. Like I've got a couple people right now that are uh, very, very intense about talking about their, their boundaries in specific ways where I'm like, I'm pretty sure you could mute that, keep it to your sit, do your own process. You didn't need to <laughs> drag me into it right now when you know I'm not well enough mm-hmm. to carry that for you and with you. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. The, Interesting the world is also full of like bizarre charge, you know, like we get magnetized towards certain types of rhetoric and certain vibes and like toxic positivity is genuinely one of the most harmful energies on the planet earth. So it's like, you know, having, I I think about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I used to say like, uh, I love the strength finders assessment, you know, I'm a coach. And so we get into all these how can we understand ourselves better? And I like strength finders because it's a talent assessment. And it had shocked me many years ago when it came out that my top strength is positivity, mm. which, uh, you know, they're, they see as being able to, to find the good, right. It's kind of the silver lining that person, mm. uh, though I find that can be really got to be gentle with that. Cause yeah. It's not about, you know, so I would say, yeah, my toxic positivity is what kept me in some really bad relationships mm. because I was unwilling to look at the dark or the hard or the suffering. And it was always like, no, it's going to work out. No, it's going to be good. No, it's going to. And it and it became a, a, a boundary issue that in toxic positivity there, I did not have healthy boundaries. Um, when it's and, so weird with yeah. boundaries too, like if you, if they aren't done in a healthy fashion, you still, it's like everybody has boundaries somewhere in their bag. And once they find them, if they just start whipping them oh, no. out and putting them wherever, um, uh, Oh, did I lose connection? Can you hear me? I lost you. Are you there? Damn it. It says it's reloading. Boundaries. Hold on. Uh, can you hear me? Can you see me? Hello, hello. I I have a feeling that it's recording everything. Can you hear me now? Shit. Okay, wait. There we go. Ah, now Not it working? says it's recording. Okay, we'll see. I don't know if I trust it. I'm having technical issues. Talking about <laughs> boundaries and the internet is. 
creating boundaries between me and my goals. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, us in this conversation. Boundaries. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I'm just not even going to edit the glitch out. It's too dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Word. Um, yeah. Which part of boundaries? What are we talking about? We got to wrap it up. Too. Got to put boundaries on this episode. We got to put boundaries on on all the things. Um, yeah. Healthy boundaries, asserting boundaries. Oh, that's right. How existing. Everybody just has boundaries. And if they're not putting them down somewhere where they're reasonable, they tend to just throw them somewhere. Cause they're like, I'm being encouraged to use the word boundaries and I'm not sure how. Um, so yeah, it can cause a lot of, a lot of harm that self care kind of shit, you know, people be building houses that collapse upon themselves and their loved ones sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's my house. I was like, yeah, okay, sure is. <laughs> and how it sure is. Yeah. And they have the insurance of uh, some kind of cosmic community of some sort to justify a lot of the wreckage these days. We have a lot of encouragement towards uh like separation as much as we appreciate that oneness right mm. and i found a frustration with like uh like a theme specifically in the in the north bay where i am where i live where uh the people that talk the most about connectivity and oneness tend to be the most uh alienating for me mm. uh, and culturally in general, I see them kind of alienating themselves from a lot of the world while telling themselves they're, who am I to judge except a little piece of God? Right, exactly. And so then I'm always like, okay, so what does that mean for me? Like, what am I learning? What are they reflecting back to me about myself that I can or cannot own? Mm. Or, or what contrast are they providing such that I understand what I don't want to do and I can make a choice about what I do want to do. Mm. Um, and the more my experience that I can turn it into about myself, which not like all of that's happened just for me, but because that's happened, what does it mean to me and for me from my internal navigation system mm. um then i get i spend less time spinning out in the world and and spewing my energy in ways that don't advance me in the ways that i think i want to advance which may or may not be accurate mm. <laughs> funny i recently was given a uh i guess like a mini parable or something called micro parable yeah. um yeah let's see how did it go it was like the tortoise said i am glad to be going so slowly because i might be going in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One sentence parable. 
That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I actually do appreciate that quite a bit. Word. Well, shucks. This this is the episode. <laughs> that's the episode. This is the episode. <laughs> I guess. That's, yeah. That's we'll see how it lands. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's, it's gonna land. Right. That's yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I love you. Thanks for having me and putting this out there. And uh, yeah, curious to see what resonates with folks mm. in our overlapping worlds. Word. Yes. Yes. Word. I love you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your presence. Uh, Yay! Bye! Bye! Good Morning Mayberry is produced by Amass Studio. That's A-M-A-S-S-T-U-D-I-O dot com. You can find us almost anywhere, pretty much. We got accounts, places that we don't even monitor anymore, though. So find us where we're active. Uh, unfortunately, that would be probably mostly Instagram and TikTok, uh, where we are either being uh, neglected as community members or um, spied on and uh, harvested <laughs> for data. So, you know, uh, follow us there. Uh, you can also give us a call. We have a phone line. You can leave us a message. It's really cool when people do that. We love that. One. 415-3434-420. You can email us at connect at goodmorningmayberry.com. If you want to give us money, if you want to be a sponsor, a supporter, you remember, y'all remember PBS? Y'all remember, we're sponsored by viewers like you or whatever, right? So you can go on the Patreon with patreon.com slash goodmorningmayberry. You can also tip me directly. I am your host, Shift Orion. You can tip me on Venmo or Cash App. My handle is I am Shift, both places. You can connect with Cara on caracordonicoaching.com. I put her link down in the show notes for you. Again, thank you for your time. We love y'all. And always remember to never forget when I'm like an expert at like grabbing your, like I'm like a, like a narrative rodeo, like... What do you call those? <laughs> the rodeo clown. No, not the clown. <laughs> what the wings? The one that gets a belt or something. I got like a hat or a trophy, big belt buckle. Right? What do they give out? I'm gonna make some yeah. shit up. I don't know. <laughs>